What were you just listening to? You didn't hear? Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. Some say he's incredibly handsome. Others say he's the most handsome. But everyone says he's the wizard and Sherry. She was Oklahoma's junior miss, second runner-up to America's junior miss. She spoke out against human trafficking and she yodels. Did you want to know that? And now, <laughs> broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Welcome, welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. Um, so I saw something interesting. Wallet Hub came out with the hardest working states in America. And here's how I have 10 of them, the top 10 hardest working states. Do they also have the laziest states? Um, they probably do, but I don't have that. Okay. We should look for that. Yeah. Um, here's how they figured it out. This is uh, the average work week hours. These mm-hmm. are the places where if you live here, you work more than other people. Okay. And you do more volunteer uh, hours than other people. Okay. And chances are good you have more than one job. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. here's the top 10 hardest working states in America. Number 10, Kansas. Yeah, I could I could see that actually with all the, the farming that goes That's on. A, I mean, farming is, yeah. if you want a 40-hour work week, you cannot be a farmer. No, and, and support businesses to farms. Um, number nine, Virginia. Okay. Number eight, Colorado. Hey, Grand Junction. Mm-hmm. Number seven is Texas. Lubbock mm-hmm. and Waco. How you doing today? Um, number six, Nebraska. Howdy, Hastings. Nebraska is, um, that's another heavy farming and ranching state. Oh, yeah. Those are... Breadbasket, baby. That's a brutal, brutal, difficult life. Um, number when the top five now. Number five, New Hampshire. You know, but it, when we say something like Nebraska, there's a lot more to these states than... Than farming. Than of farming. Course, I'm yeah. like, Omaha is a fairly big city. Yep. And it's got its own kind of like cool edge. I'm, I'm always Warren gonna, Buffett lives there. I have I have a, an Omaha regret, and that is I believe that is where the life size statue of Chef Boyardee is. I saw it on the Roadside America app, and we could not go. Why would uh, Boyardee's statue be there? I don't know. He was Italian, supposedly. I, you know, he did exist. I don't know why Chef Boyardee is in Omaha. Maybe he was the real chef. Tells, I know because I just read about it the. Uh, Oddly, um, the other day. So one of the things, I'll just I'll pause here because mm-hmm. you just reminded me. Um, one of the things that my charming husband does um, to spite me is he likes Chef Boyardee SpaghettiOs. Mm. Which, why don't you just dip your knife in poison and then stick it in my heart? What was the movie that Brad Pitt got younger and younger? as Benjamin uh, Buttons. Yeah, is he Benjamin Buttons' cousin? He likes Chef Boyardee. And so sometimes... Um, when I say to him, I, I just don't feel like cooking dinner tonight. He'll say, well, I could, I could make something. And then he'll he'll float an idea at me. So recently he said, (laughs) I said, you know what? Why don't we just have ravioli? I have some ravioli in the freezer. He goes, well, I really like ravioli when it's chef Boyardee, to which I said. God, that is a ballsy thing to say to you. To which I said. Around here, that's a Chef Boyardon. <laughs> I am not eating Chef Boyardee. But the, the little uh, tiny SpaghettiOs. Uh, SpaghettiOs, I mean. Wasn't that's... there a song? Uh oh, SpaghettiOs. Yeah. yeah. That's for three year olds. I don't think, here's what, and I've said this to him and he argues with me. I said to him, Kevin Nash, I don't think you like Chef Boyardee. I think you're nursing some sort of hateful grudge against me, and you're saying that to get a rise out of me. You know, well, that's healthy. Well, you have failed. <laughs> that's a healthy thing to bring up. <laughs> God, I, I can't remember the last time I had any boy RD. 
Um, let me ask Siri real quick because Todd's busy, you know, running a radio station. Statue of Chef Boyardee, Nebraska. I'm pretty sure it's in it's Omaha. It's such a strange place. It no. is. It's in Omaha. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. And it was on my Roadside America app. And I said, Kevin, please let me go see the Chef Boyardee statue. Oh, I know why it's there. It's because they produce so much grain. For the spaghetti? For the spaghetti. It's like the Skinner Spaghetti Company yep. is located in Omaha. I, uh, I had to fly out there because I used to advertise for them. It says, life-size bronze of Chef Boyardee, hero <laughs> of beefaroni, stands at ground level for pose with the chef shots at 736 ConAgra Drive, Omaha, Nebraska. I will, Boyardee, I will get to you. I will not leave this earth having I, missed my I, chance. I know the beefaroni song. Oh, you want to sing it? I, I don't know it, 100%, but I know basically... They call it beefaroni. It's made with macaroni. Beefaroni's fun to eat. Beefaroni's really neat. Beefaroni, something sweet. Hooray for beefaroni! Oh, thank you. Thank you. I hate when consultants say that this show doesn't have depth. Beefaroni. That's what you get two years of college. That's the kind of thing you remember. <laughs> if we ever go to Omaha, will you come with me to the Chef Boyardee statue? Yeah, without no, a I, doubt. I'm going to do a I, selfie. I can't believe we didn't make it all the way through the top 10 hardest working states, but don't go away because the top five are coming up Chef next. I, I think I know number one. And I'm, I'm going to see if you can it. guess right. it. Okay, right. it's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. All right, so we were talking about the hardest working states in America. There are only 10, but we never made it past Nebraska at number five or at number six because we got distracted by being sad that we never got to go to the Chef Boyardee statue. And then Bob demonstrated his great um, reservoir of talent by singing us the beefaroni song can, can i tell you something about my visit to nebraska and omaha yeah and the spaghetti factory yeah. that i went to so i went i was doing an ad for a uh, national spaghetti company i don't even know if they exist anymore but they they were around years ago and they wanted me to see uh how they made this spaghetti and so i said okay and they flew me out and i went to a nebraska football game and it was really really cool and so I'm taking the tour of the plant, and I'm watching all of the spaghetti go into the uh, spaghetti box of this company. And then I looked over there, and there were some kind of plain-looking spaghetti boxes. But it was the same spaghetti that was going over there. And I said, um, why do the boxes look different? And the guy said, oh, yeah, well, that's for the uh, store. It's just a different uh, type of spaghetti. That was the store brand, same spaghetti, which was different the box. same exact spaghetti. That's the first time I realized that deal. Not all of your generics or store brands are the same. They're like, not. Certain no. generic cereals are not That's the same. That's true. That's true. But a lot of that stuff, yeah, you're paying well, for the name and the packaging. It's spaghetti. I mean, it's it's pasta. Or as they called it, amber uh, durum semolina. Although I just read, I think it was on, I don't know whether it was BuzzFeed or on one of my food uh, uh, websites that the the more the reason you buy the more expensive spaghetti is because the texture of the uncooked pasta is rougher and holds the sauce better. Oh, is that right? 
No one cares. I know. I just you know. No, I do. I care about. Yeah. So you want to you want to spend the money where you can. Yeah. Um, for that. So now, in the hopes that before the world winks out to an end, we will finish this list. (laughs) We just can't get out of Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big state. Yeah. Here we go. The top five hardest working states according to WalletHub. Number five is New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Number four is South Dakota, and we are so excited because we're going to Aberdeen in February. Maybe we'll get to go ice fishing again. Oh, good. I, I would hate to go there like in June. You are not welcome there yeah. in June. Number three is Wyoming. Number two is North Dakota. And we know just from the calls we've gotten from like Minot, people working on the oil fields, that is a really brutally tough way to make a living. Well, that was the one I was going to pick as the hardest working state. It was number two. So it, what is, is it going to be South Dakota or North Dakota? What is the number one hardest state that you want to take another guess? <sighs> yeah. If you think about it just for a second, you'll go, oh, yeah. Okay, I got really? it. Really? Is that right? I think it's pretty obvious once you think about it. But, if, but if you it, get it, it wrong, I don't want you to feel bad because we hate a dejected queen. I'll let you tell me about Prince Spaghetti Day or whatever. Okay. Boy. Um, <laughs> you know, there's different types of hard work. There's there's hard work this out in the oil fields. Work. This is really hard work. People, people, this is like people struggling just to keep food and shelter going. Nope. Oklahoma. Nope. Todd, you want to guess? <sighs> North Dakota is number two, but thanks for listening to the Bobby Yeah, Sharon appreciate show. that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have a CD on over there? What the fuck? We just had we just we had a whole conversation on how I thought it was North Dakota. North Dakota. In his defense, he is doing something over there. Yeah, he's we, listening to Huey Lewis in the news on a CD. We love a born queen. Okay. <laughs> All right, who is it? Perfect sense. Do you want to sing me the Prince Spaghetti song to help your ego? No, I'm just going to kind of dig Huey Lewis in the news a little bit there. You know, people hate on Huey Lewis, but shut up. This is it's adorable. Good. Yeah. yeah, they were very good. Sure, yeah. he looked like your dad's best friend, but that's all right. He's still a rock star. It's so sad that he can't sing anymore because he can't, he can't hear. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, nice way to end that. <laughs> Jeez, girl. You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Okay, Max has something that he found online for us. What is it? This is one of those things that just, if you spend any time online like I do, it sort of drifts across the transom. This is a mashup that uh, somebody called Wax Audio or someone or people called Wax Audio put together of the Bee Gees and ACDC. It's a mashup. <laughs> okay.
I would never have thought this. because they have to be in the same key, right? Both songs would have to be in the same key. Yeah, they would. Or, or it wouldn't work. And there's, there's little things you can do to monkey with that now. Yeah. One time, it would have been harder. You know what the weirdest mashup I ever saw was? It wouldn't make any sense to play it because it's 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 more visual than it is audio. I, I, I was on some music site, and all of a sudden there was Beyonce. And it's the uh, single ladies video, the famous single ladies video where she's dancing with those two other beautiful women. Yeah. You know, miles and miles of legs. It's, it's so sexy. And it said Beyonce with Chubby Checker. I went, what, what, what is this? And I went over there and somebody took the, the, the music from The Twist by Chubby. Come on, baby, let's do The Twist. The Chubby Checker hit and put it on the, the v- Beyonce video. And it worked? It is exactly perfect. It's perfect the way it is. She's dancing to Chubby Checker's The Twist, but she's doing all the single ladies. I, I couldn't believe seem, it. Like, I can't even, I can't, I'd, I'd have to, I'm going to have to see it because I can't yeah. hear it. I can't you see should, how those two things are it. together. You can't stop watching it. I mean, it's, well, first of all, th- that video that she did, I mean, that's, that's one of the all-time great videos. She always looks amazing, but she really does. Chubby comes in. And Chubby Checker comes on. I guess he doesn't sing in this song. It's the backup Dancing night. Is that amazing? That's wild. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Oh. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. The book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com.
Use the Talk Back feature feature. on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message. And when you have the app, all you do is tap on this little microphone in the bottom right corner of the screen and talk. And when you're done talking, your words fly through the air. And we have Kelly joining us right now. Hey, guys, I just wanted to tell Bob how much I appreciate the nod that he gave to the redheaded community the other day on the podcast when he said, I dated a redhead once. (laughs) I just appreciate the fact that he went out of his comfort zone of blondes and brunettes and gave us redheads a chance. And we are forever grateful, Bob. Y'all have a great day. Give me just a moment to wipe the charred... Skin from the burn. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. Uh, I know a what thing. Can, what can I say? You know, I'm a giver. I know a thing or two about that particular relationship, and nothing but total awe and respect for the redheaded community on your part. All I said was, I, it was just a. a, a I have a redheaded comment. friend. I, I, no, I. <laughs> Uh, that's terrible. I said, I, you know, I've I've dated a you know a redhead, and it was, and, and it was Kelly's very appreci- ex- it was very exciting. No, she was Kelly's not. Appreci- no, she was not. <laughs> oh, we have another one from Laura. Hey, Bob and Sherry, this is Laura, um, and I'm calling because I'm catching up on your podcast, and I heard you all talking about some show that's coming out about flipping murder houses. And I've heard you all say more than once that, you know, it really must be a tough one for that real estate agent to have to market that house. Well, I am a real estate agent. And at least in my state, I have no requirement to tell anyone anything about any house that has been, you know, been damaged by deaths, unattended deaths, anything like that. I have no requirement to tell anybody anything and neither does my seller. The only thing that they do have to tell on their paperwork is if they've been cooking meth in their house. Um, I don't know that's true for every state, but I know for my state that's true and it might be more broadly, that might be more true than you think. Anyway, just want to let you know. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. When I sell my house, I want to hire her. She's, does she not have <laughs> yep. the real estate voice that could get your house sold? So the only thing you have to disclose is, is a meth cooking meth, operation. Meth cooking. Well, because there would be residue. hazards. There, yeah. There'd be residue possibly Health hazards. around it. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's true. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. It, Laura, there's a, <laughs> we were just in the family room. I, I think that's a pentagram. <laughs> No, no, that's modern art. Oh, it's that's, it's just that's a, modern a geometrical art. Yes. design. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yes. Laura, my husband, um, he really we both really like the kitchen. He had some questions about the noose in the master bedroom. Oh, well, the uh, person who lived there before was a very finicky chef. And it, that was kind of a uh, just a humorous thing. He said, if they don't like what I cook, I could hang myself. <laughs> She will sell your house. Didn't she have think, that? Uh, Laura, we were wondering, wow, the backyard is really spacious. We, we were thinking about a pool. Um, it's just those, well, I don't, they look a lot like tombstones. Oh, no, 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 no. That was a, hollow, a Halloween. This family loved Halloween. And they would, th- th- those things were put out there. And you know how people are. They leave Christmas lights up all year long. And they would do that also with that. That's, no, there's no problem for the pool. Um, Kevin was wondering um, in the garage, mm-hmm. um, are the shelving units included? And also that, those big stains on the floor. I mean, you know me, I just thought blood right away. Well, you know, um, that could be the case. Uh, the 
people just before you here, and I, I am hoping you're going to buy, um, they were hunters. And they, w- they would, uh, very often, they would, uh, you know, take down a deer or whatever. It's not for me. But uh, they would hang the deer up, and right there, you know, they'd have meat for the whole neighborhood. And that's... That's what that is there. But you know what? You can you can bring in a crew, and uh, it's like it never happened. There are just, I, I mean, there are mm-hmm. so many flies in the bathroom mm-hmm. hovering at that window. I just got this weird, you, I I know I'm very dramatic, kind of an Amityville horror vibe. I'm, it's probably nothing. They had such an interest in exotic plants like no one I've ever seen before. I mean, it's really funny. Now, the plants are gone now. And uh, sooner or later, the flies, I'm sure, will also be gone. From Afri- the plants from Africa was amazing. They just, uh, that was their thing. I'll tell you what, forget birthday clown. I got a new plan B for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. I've been reading about the Dark Ages. You know, just in case we're headed that way again, I'd like to be prepared. And I've learned... Finishing up that light summer reading, I see. I've I've learned a couple of things. You know, you're still the spooky girl you always were, babe. I love that. Never change. And I know there are some consultants out there going, Bob and Sherry, please don't do a break about the dark ages. But what I'm going to There's some guys on the beach. That woman over there with the dark... What's that? The dark ages she's reading on the beach? There's some stuff that happened in the dark ages, y'all, that you would not want to see come back. And I don't mean picking fleas off each other. Did you know that in media... This is so exciting. In medieval Germany, they had something called divorce by combat. Divorce by combat. Now, for the 51% of us that have been divorced, you're going to be very, very glad that you didn't choose to kick him or her to the curb in medieval Germany because here's what would happen. So we're talking about the 1300s and 1400s, basically. Yeah. So you weren't allowed to just have verbal arguments and you could not just show up in court saying, wouldst thou be gonest? Mm-hmm. There would be, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. There was a ring, like a boxing ring. And you had to resolve your, the end of your marriage by single combat. No. Spouse versus spouse. How, but, how could that be? But they, but they had certain allowances to account for the fact that men were bigger and stronger so very bizarre restrictions the husband had to stand in a hole with one hand behind his back and his wife was allowed to run around him with a sack full of rocks no you are making this up I am not making this up can, can I say something I would have taken that gig rather than my ex's lawyer Listen, I would have taken a sack this. full yeah. of rocks to my head. All right, just a few shots. I'm fine. Your Honor, how much in alimony? Is there any way we could yeah. fight this out? In the yeah, parking let lot? have her hit me in the head with a sack of rocks. Dang, that's something. Divorce by combat. So, well, what could he do if if he's in the in the hole? He's there? in a hole with one hand behind his back. He can use the other hand to yeah. fend off being walloped yeah. by the sack full of rocks. You know, no matter what, half the time with marriage, you end up guys in the hole, <laughs> one way or the other. Wow. Okay, here's another fun thing I learned about the Dark Ages. So, 
of course, back then, if you were poor, the food that you ate was dull and repetitive and insufficient. Yeah, you had gruel yeah. and porridge. And you might get a little bit of meat, but probably not. You're more likely to get fat or you'd have an old bone you could cook in a pot and make soup or, mm-hmm. out of or something nasty, right? Who, whoever the advertising agency was back then for gruel, they were doing a terrible job. The I name, mean, right from the name, you know? The name. But rich people, rich people, it was, food was a way to express wealth and power and status and decadence. Right. And there's this really fascinating book called The Art of Cookery in the Middle Ages, which, you know, no one, I just said, no one's going to go read it, but I'm going to tell you something that's in that book that's going to have you going, what? So now remember what I said, that you would have people over to your castle, like you're a squire, Mm -hmm. Squire Bob. Right. You have people over to your castle, and the only way you can really impress your guests Food. is by what's on the table. Right. So they would eat anything and everything. They ate swans. The uh, beaver's tail was like a big delicacy. Like the hummingbirds. Like the more exotic and difficult the animal right. was, the more they wanted to eat it. Well, and, well, and that went on for years and years. Remember we were talking yeah. about how in the 1800s having a pineapple, because it was so exotic, be, became a very big thing with wealthy people. You'd invite people over. Right. Go ahead. So um, a trend took off at one point in the Dark Ages where the wealthy had sort of impressed each other as much as they could with swans and hummingbirds. Mm-hmm. So then their chefs, their cooks began making up foods by combining other foods. And one of the favorites was something called helmeted cock. Helmeted cock, and here's what it once, was. Once again, that same agency could have worked with a slightly better name. <laughs> don't stop. Here's what. <laughs> wow. It's not what you think it is. I think Skyping doesn't have to be. You have Skyping over there. Yeah, he's ready. Here's what a helmeted cock is. You take a suckling pig and uh-huh. you roast it. Uh-huh. And then you take a rooster uh-huh. that you that you cook, but with its head and its rooster cockadoodle-doo red uh-huh. comb thing. The main thing. Just yeah. no feathers. Mm-hmm. And you sew the rooster to the, the pig so that when you bring it to the table, it looks like a rooster riding a roasted pig. And, that, and roosters, of course, were called cocks. Cockfighting, that's where right. that comes from. Right. Um, and if this doesn't make you a vegetarian, I don't know what will. <laughs> All of your guests would be like, oh, oh, that's what we're having for dinner. Wow. Well, it's quite, I'd have to say, it's quite a presentation. It's a. If it's done well. It's a showstopper. You know what? It's a I mean, that, you compare that to your average casserole, you know, that thing is, that's showbiz. Rich people have yeah. always had a completely different reality from the rest of us. I know it. I know it. I'd have to go through all of that if I were Squire Bob, because evidently, my having a castle is not enough to impress people. No, not then. Everybody, all the squires, all the had, squires castles. had castles. I've got a lot more Dark Ages fun facts, but something tells me that this one ends here because y'all don't look very enthusiastic. Well, I'm not going to get that phrase out of my head all day. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry store is crowded with all kinds of great merchandise. It's always something. Including the new It's Always Something coloring book. It's always 
or something. A coloring book for exhausted adults. Oh. Plus Sherry's cookbook, Cooking with Cats. The book of Bob. I know I'm a blowhard. He's a double blowhard. Mixes from the scone goddess. Ah. Candles. Mother of all mothers merch. And much, much more. Come check out the Bob and Sherry store. Conveniently located on the shop tab at bobandsherry.com. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. We've got the Bob and Sherry show, the only show on radio doing exciting content based on the dark ages. And that's because we're so creative, not because it's weird. <laughs> so if you missed it, we just learned about divorce by combat and the delicacy known as helmeted cock, which is a cooked rooster sewn to the top of a cooked pig so that the rooster looks like it's riding the pig like a horse. Rich people are just so decadent. So Bob was saying that it would be better to be rich because peasants ate gruel. And Max did a little research during the break. And it, according to Wikipedia, historically, gruel has been a staple of the Western diet, especially for peasants. Gruel is often made from millet, hemp, barley, chestnut flour, and even the uh, acorns of certain oaks. And here's a fun thing that you're going to remember. God, that all sounds day. a little. That sounds a little <laughs> crunchy, doesn't Horrible, it? Doesn't it? I mean, I've never understood how squirrels. We're able to do that. That tofu's looking good all of a it sudden. It is. Listen yeah. to this. It says here that um, in the Middle Ages, which is what we're talking about on the Bob and Sherry show today, uh, the peasant could avoid um, a tithe ex- um, that a was one at a, a tithe, like a fee, mm-hmm. won it oh. by the landowner's mill mm-hmm. um, by grinding small portions in a little mortar of home. And then they would simmer that gruel. In a cauldron with water, and that's what they would live off of. I, I just so want you, you to would, imagine you would how have hard to pay, life was. You would have to pay a fee to have to your, have to have the grain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ground for you. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, those landowners—they they, they, was, had it they going were harsh. On. They were harsh. But here's the thing that you're going to remember. This is I learned this thanks to Max's hard research during the song. <laughs> I learned that um, gruel has been around forever, and it's always been associated with poverty. The word soup comes from the word sop, which meant the slice of bread which you could soak in your gruel. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's where soup came from. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, and... Once again, it was made out of barley and acorn nuts. Um, it could be made out of acorns if be. you were really in bad shape. And yeah. here's... Here's a final gruel fun fact before we move along to the next medieval um, treat I have for you. I would hate to fight a squirrel for dinner. <laughs> you know, I really would. I'm so lucky. The night that the Titanic sank, yeah. gruel was on the no. third class menu. No, it Those poor wasn't. people had gruel and then they sank to their deaths. Oh in the frigid my North God. Atlantic. So the Irish down below, yeah. that's what they were eating. Oh okay, my so God. medieval marriage, mm-hmm. the marriage ceremony that we know today didn't used to exist couples didn't have a formal ceremony they didn't even need permission to get married they could get married just by uttering mutual consent people would get married in the street they'd get married in the pub they'd get married in a hayloft and it became hard to prove who was actually married so in the 12th century it was declared that marriage is a holy sacrament that had to be observed by god oh it used to be like you and i could just be like picking, picking acorns for dinner right Right. Uh, I marry you, yeah. and then we could we would hey, do our thing. It, it may check it into a hotel room a lot easier. Hey, we're married. But wait, the consummation of the marriage, especially among upper class newlyweds, mm-hmm. was not supposed to be. That's spammers calling me. Was not supposed to be private. 
Um, there were always witnesses to make sure that the marriage was actually consummated. What kind of witnesses? Family members are watching that would, would stand around and watch. Oh my yeah, look word! At, it looks going over there. Yeah. Oh wow. wow. Some couples would have like drapes around the bed for a little bit of privacy, uh-huh. but this wasn't the case for everybody. And um, uh, people would stand around waiting for them to finish and consummate the act, so they could go to the feast and have rooster riding on top of a pig. <laughs> Don't say the name of it after that last part. Um, I'm giving myself a tip for my restraint. Yeah, very good. First this and then that. Okay, everybody. You've got the best. Hi, hello, radio. The best of Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. All right, so my uh, wife, Mary, had plans to go to the beach with two or three of her girlfriends. Just kind of a girl's girl's weekend away. You know, every once in a while she does that. I used to do that with guys playing golf on the weekend. And it fell through. It fell through because a couple of them, something came up. And they couldn't go. And so she's, I said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry for you. And she said, just like that, she said, well, why don't you go? I went, hmm. And she said, and, and I'll keep the dog. You just, you just go and, and have a good time. My friend John lives there. And um, I, you could play golf with John. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. What's and the initial- I'm hearing the kind of like, eh, well, in your voice. The, uh, initially, I was, you know, instantly I was excited because, you know, you do like to have some time to yourself. And and no pressure to have to drive anybody anywhere, you know. And no schedule. To no keep. schedule. I go to any sleep. I late. go to any movie I want to see. You can sleep late. Yep, I can and sleep late. You can eat as many times a day as you want. Yeah, I can do and whatever I want. But then I think and if to you myself, if you steal a broom from a hardware store, there's no one there to judge you. Yeah, like you. Well, did. I'm not doing that. I wasn't stealing a broom. <laughs> like you did last month. And then I thought to myself, uh, huh. So I said, uh, like you want me to go. And she said, well, you know, with the holidays and everything, we've been around each other a lot. What? Oh, that hurt your feelings. Yeah, a little bit. Well, here's where, here's why. I am why. a very interesting conversationalist. And humble, even, too. Even your humility with, is what Even with my leads. wife. Um, he's you the know? humblest. Um, your feelings shouldn't be hurt because you're not looking at this the right way. Here's how you should be looking at this. And I know because who's who's been with you longer who spends more time with you who's been looking at you for oh so you're forever. bored as hell with me too no, no, no. is that what you're saying you. you've ex- you've experienced this bob fatigue is evidently a thing you are a strong intoxicating cocktail of a man and it's not good you can't live on that alone sometimes in order to appreciate that strong intoxicating cocktail you need to detox so that when you have it again, it's like, I like it. She just needs a little detox. She's time. sick of me because she's been around me a whole lot. That's what you're saying. That's, no, no, you're just so much wonderfulness. I want her to never have enough of me. Okay. Really? Did you hear that just now? Yes, that I came did. Out of your mouth? Yes, Let's... I did. Let me say it again. I want her to never have enough of me. Is that what you want? Uh-huh. Mm. 
you know, I, I support a man who has goals and dreams. You want that woman to intellectually never have enough of you. Intellectually, I understand that, you know, with the, with the holidays and all of my family and her family and the kids are around, we're planning parties and we're doing this and we're doing that and we're traveling and together. And we're going to Chicago. And yeah, and she's sitting next to me on the plane and we're staying in the small hotel room visiting Lana. And I get that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But still, you're not going to miss me. You of know, course she's going to miss like you. two and a half, three days? She's going to miss you about two hours after you leave. She's going to miss you. Huh. Why do you say that? Because I just know. We can't wait to get rid of y'all, and then we miss you about for about, oh, about really? two hours later. I didn't know And then that. we're glad to see you back. Are you yeah. just saying that so that I'll no. feel better about this? No. Really? No, no. Okay. Because I'm not needy, and I don't mind being alone. I, and plus, I'm going to have my friend. I might even, if it, the weather's good, play golf, you know? You see, you want you want to have it both ways. You want to go off and do your own thing uh-huh. and eat 15 times a day and watch the news or whatever it is you want to do and play golf. But you also want her to be holding on to your ankle as you drag her to the driveway as she begs you not to go. Yeah. Yeah. But then I don't want that because then I feel guilty because I'm, I'm away being selfish right? I'm nuts. You know, I just am. I don't know. What do I want? You know, I didn't think we would make a breakthrough on a Monday in January, but um, we have. I mean, we have. I don't don't want her to be sad because that would guilt trip me. And yet, but you want her to be sad. I want her to be sad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm nuts. That's well, you know what? Now we have something to work with. Yeah. Yeah. You're nuts. You still don't take insurance, do you? No, no, the no. paperwork. It's too much. It's just, yeah. and you know, they're going to turn it down anyway. Isn't it just right. easier to just pay me in cash? Yeah, I'll just pay cash. Yeah. So we're out of time for today, uh-huh. but um, we'll talk some more about how and yeah. why you're nuts yeah. at our next session. Yeah. What's my homework? Do I have homework? I want every single day between now and our next appointment... When you catch yourself being what you describe as nuts, Uh to jot down what was happening in that moment. And let's see if we can identify a pattern together. Okay. I'm using this memo thing in my phone now. Well, now I don't believe that for one minute. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast, called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast drops every Monday and Friday. Podcast. With uncensored conversations, special guests, and true crime time. I'm sorry, but it's absolutely true. The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast, the Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts it's the stuff we wouldn't couldn't shouldn't do on the regular show the oddcast podcast on the free bob and sherry app 35 percent of single people say that they have been ghosted by somebody in just the past year wow that seems really high to me really high to me 35 percent the whole ghosting thing is just so bizarre i understand that you can block somebody or not you know, take them off of your Facebook feed and all of that. But, but you're still actually walking around town. But haven't haven't we always ghosted each other? It's just, yeah, I'll call. I'm going to call you. 
and then we don't? Yeah, that's true. I mean, haven't we always been ghosting each other? But it's just different because of the it's, ability well, now, to communicate electronically. Now when you get ghosted, you don't know you've been ghosted. Now, I could see, if I wanted to ghost someone, I could see ghosting somebody who lived in another state or far away from my town. But if you're in the same town and you're ghosting somebody, I mean, they can drive right by my house, my apartment, whatever, right? They know where I go. If we've been dating for four, and these are people who have been dating, by the way, for about four months. If we've been dating for four months, you probably know where I live. Here's why I wouldn't ghost somebody. Because I would be nervous about running into them and that would be so awkward. Yes. Yes. Also because it's wrong, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to run into this person. Look how awkward it is. Well, I'll give you an example. There was somebody who cut my hair for years. And for reasons, they changed the way uh, they were running their business. And I just felt that I was a burden on them because um, I, I didn't need extra things done to my hair. I just go in and get a haircut, right? So he's got a, a business where he and a partner, they, they do weddings and they color hair and they do all of this stuff. So I just decided to turn him loose so he wouldn't have to be bothered with a cheap, you know, haircut like me. Um. But I didn't say, I'm turning you loose so you can make more money. I just didn't show. You just ghosted. And then I walked into a restaurant and there they are. And he looks and at your hair and it obviously has been cut. Oh, well, I, I have to get a haircut at least every three years. <laughs> so I could tell that one of them picked up on me and then all and tur- they turned their back and, and all of a sudden they started talking very close together. So that would be very... And I went, oh, God, this is going to be awful. And I'm trying to get a table on the other side of the place. I was with my brother. So I ghosted them. And and that's what happened when I bumped into them. Did they speak to you? No. It was just really uncomfortable. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. So I get what you're saying when you when you, when you say, I couldn't ghost anybody because I, I may bump into them. Yeah. Now, if, if they live in um, the wilds of Montana and we've just been, you know, maybe I flew there once, you know, for a weekend, I could see... If I was uncomfortable being with them, ghosting them. But not if it's the same town. Not if it's the same town or, you know, really even the and same you, region. you are not wired to ghost. No. You you stopped going to that restaurant, and then when you went back, instead of just saying, I don't know, I've been busy, you told them you moved. Yeah. You. <laughs> That's going to be hard to tell a date. I'm surprised. You are not a ghost. I'm yeah. surprised you didn't tell the uh, former hairdresser you had been in a coma for three years and you just, you, you, you couldn't come by and get a haircut. That is so good. <laughs> that, you know what? That's, write that one I'm down and game. use it. I'm off my I'm going to do that. You, you, and if you forget, text me and I'll remind you. The old, the old soap opera trick. Yeah. I was in a coma. <laughs> or you had amnesia. Right? Yeah. I hit my head. I have amnesia. Don't you think that amnesia is mostly in the movies? It's. I read about it one time. It's super rare. Is it really? If you watch um, back in the day, mm-hmm. like if you watch daytime television, everyone got amnesia. <laughs> Everybody in the family got it at one time. Or right? I mean, you would have thought it was like the common cold. Like, oh my god, amnesia. You know, in in, in uh, growing up as a kid, it was uh, there were two things that I was sure was true: quicksand and amnesia. And amnesia, and it turns out neither one of them are a I big know. risk. Right? I know. I know. I know. Uh, so. Yeah, you just—it's best for you to just take your whooping. Right. Or stay, stay, never leave your house, or just 
break up with someone and let them yell at you and be mad or whatever. You well, can't you know, um, I, I am married now, so that dating thing, you know, it's got to be cut way back. I hear, um, so that's not a problem. I'm glad. I'm I'm glad I was never. Uh, in a situation where I had to do that. But you do, it's not just romantic relationships. You do sometimes have to ghost people that cut your hair or... Or a restaurant that all of a sudden gets a C rating yeah. that you used to go to all the time. Like you were a regular. Yeah, yeah. And then something happened. Right. You got to ghost them. Have you ever been in that situation where you, you, you there was a place that I used to go to all the time? Right. Especially when I was working in TV, we would have lunch there all the time, the crew and me for years and years and years. I walked in there alone and I knew the guy who owned it and his wife and I knew everybody who worked. And I walked in and I look up and it's got like a 78. That's bad. Because I think I think you get like five points for signing your name. Yeah, I think so, too. And so do you know what I did? This is the only time I think I've ever done this in my life. If I saw him, I was going to have to eat there. Yeah. I backed out, look, and scanning the restaurant from side to side. And then got and, away? And tried to find the door without yeah. turning around. Yeah. I changed drugstores. Um, I just changed drugstores because we moved. Mm-hmm. And I stopped in at my old uh, drugstore on my way home from work one day. And was accosted by one yeah, of the right. employees. Yeah, where you been? Where you been? You know, and I and I said, like you, we moved. But I was, I actually did move. And you know what she said to me? Yeah, but don't you have to drive by here to go to work? <laughs> That's what they do. That's but what they do. But y'all aren't open twenty four hours a day. Yeah, you can't win, Bob. That's, re- that's when you say I had my license revoked. I had amnesia. I, what happened was, is I fell into quicksand, and by the time they rescued me, I didn't know anything. I couldn't remember that's anything. That's good stuff. That's Bob good and stuff. Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. So last week we got a talkback message from our listener Heidi. I'm still laughing about it, and Max, um, Max. Max is going to play it, and then we tracked Heidi down. She's going to join us. Hit it, Max. Hi, Bob and Sherry. I've wanted to share this story with you for a long time about my grandmother. When my grandfather died at the ripe old age of 94, and we were having his funeral, we had to take a contest or uh, draw straws to see who would have to tell my grandmother that she was going to have to wear a bra to the funeral. (laughs) Yes, my 91-year-old grandmother didn't want to wear a bra, and she was wearing a thin white blouse. Mm. So Mm. guess who got the losing end of that? Me. (laughs) I had to go in and have a chat with my grandmother, who hadn't worn a bra in 20 years, that she had to put one on. Good times. <laughs> so Heidi's with us right now. Heidi, yeah. what? how did you persuade Mima to get into a brassiere? Well, in the end, she actually didn't own one that we could get her into, and we actually had to put on my nephew's muscle tank top on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Hey, hey. Um, Was did she your okay nephew- with that? Did your nephew ever wear that shirt again, or was he just <laughs> horrified? Not that he knew of. <laughs> so so your grandmother was uh, not wearing a bra for 20 years. Was she sort of a free spirit, a hippie, or was she just, you know, getting older and was going to damn well she do was, what she wants to do? 
she was letting it all hang out and she didn't care and she hadn't for a lot of years yeah <laughs> and what my dad said i just cannot deal with this today and my sister is like i'm doing the eulogy i'm doing my part and they look at me and they're like take one for the team and so i did <laughs> Bless you. But you're, God bless I'm going to just bet that your grandmother was a real character even before this day. Oh, all the time. All the time. Every day. What so did she do? For, what did she do for a living as an example? Actually, this was so long ago, and she just worked at a department store for years, and they retired. Yeah. He was a, a postman, and they saved every penny. And for 30 years, they went to uh, Florida every winter for five months. That's what people used to do. They would save every yep. penny and go to Florida. I don't know what's happened. I will tell you that my grandmother's idol in her 80s was Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, no. Another girl that didn't like a bra. I, I see where, where, no. where that's going. <laughs> We would be in the mall, and she saw yeah. these outfits and these, you know, windows, and she'd say, if I was only a little younger, I'd wear that. And it was the short skirt, the crop yeah. top, the boots, right. and we'd look at each other. Yeah, and she was probably 85 at that time. This is why she lived to 94. She yeah. was not giving up on life. She was not saying, I'm ma, and I have to be a certain way. I can't even think out of the box. She was living her own life, wasn't she? She was wearing leather pants till the day she died. She's my role model. I love this woman. I, Heidi, I read some interview. It was probably with Morgan Freeman or somebody a few years ago. And one thing that was said in the interview really stuck with me. And it was, um, if you tell yourself you're old, you will be. And your your grandma just yeah. embodied that. You know, she just yeah. was never going to be an old lady. That's right. She would drink. She would drink beer when my grandfather wasn't around. She loved to go to the dog races when they were in Florida. Um, she was she was a handful. She was driving until she was um, ninety, and we had to pull her license because the last time she did, um, she ended up doing backward circles on a street, jumped the sidewalk, and fetched up on a guardrail, and it was in the paper. <laughs> and so we finally had to pull her license. Yeah. Um, she used to pay people off. So she would have accidents, and we only heard about there'd be new ding on her car, and randomly we'd run into somebody, oh, saw your grandmother at the Canadian Tire paying off someone again. <laughs> <laughs> what a hoot. And and was was she just married the one time to your grandfather? Yes. 75 years. That's wow. amazing. Round of applause. Wow. Round of applause. I'm surprised she didn't back into him once or twice in those 75 years. <laughs> so when you were when you were a kid and, and watching them, what kind of marriage did they have, do you think? Oh, she. they were really happy, but they were happy because he went and did his thing. He went golfing every day, and he stayed out of the house. And that made her very happy. Girl, that seems that's to be the, the secret, doesn't it? That's the key. Yeah, that's it. That's got to be I've it. I've been right trying there. to do that with my second husband. <laughs> but he, he just won't go. He just won't get out. That's why I like I my third and final husband. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's why I like my third and final. He's an outside dog, and, and he's happier that way, and we're all just the better for it. I love Heidi, your grandma, thank you. Heidi. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank all right, you. you. Take care. I love you guys. Oh, thank, thank you, dear. Thank you so much for thank listening. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> little Britney Spears to take us out. Grandma, good and Britney. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast, called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Bob and Sherry Oddcast drops every Monday and Friday. Podcast. With uncensored conversations, special guests, and true crime time. I'm sorry, but it's absolutely true. The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast, the Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts leave us a talk back talk back with the free bob and sherry app i was reading last night about life's greatest pleasures at this time of the year and you know it's the usual thing with you know great food and uh you know gift giving and all of that at the top of the list was number one was quality time with family number two is time to yourself so those are exact opposites, but they're one and two. And I just wonder if that quality time with the family uh, all of a sudden leads to a desire for time for yourself. And I think the answer is yes. And I am taken back when I was uh, in a previous life, previous marriage, um, my in-laws were wonderful people and they had a beautiful, beautiful home in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they would, uh, it was a big house and they would have a lot of us there. I mean, they're just, there'd be three uh, wives and three husbands and, a, you know, a bunch of kids and all this and that. But I did find myself every once in a while, and I'm, I'm not proud of it. I would find some excuse to go out and go to, believe it or not, Ruby Tuesdays and uh, have a beer like at four o'clock in the afternoon. And I regret to say I smoked cigarettes briefly. And that was that during that period. So I'm sitting there and the others are up at the house, but I am out ostensibly getting a hairdryer at the drugstore, which has broken. Uh, but I'm getting a quick, you know, smoke and a beer over at Ruby Tuesdays. And I'm sitting there drinking it but looking out, worried that one of them is going to drive by and see my red Jeep. <laughs> which, which, by the way, this is like part of a movie here. You know, yeah. we've invited our, our precious daughter, our baby girl, and she's bringing her, her new man with her. And he disappears, and we spot him drinking and smoking at Ruby Tuesdays. I know. It's such a holiday movie scene. It really is. And I feel, I don't think I was fooling anybody. You know, when you, when you smoke, you think that if you hold the cigarette away from you, that uh, nobody's going to, you know, smell it on you. It, that's completely wrong. Because if you're smoking and the cigarette is within, is in the same room, and you come walking into a house where nobody smokes, you smell like Winston Salem. You just do. But you don't realize it. And also, I have to say, no. you you chewed some gum, but we also knew you had a beer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you can tell because you're just a little more mellow. Hi, how's everybody? I can smell Good. it on you. I can yeah. smell it on you. There's no way you can conceal it. You, you're going to have to, I mean, I think I learned this from old movies and daytime soaps when I was a kid. 
You have to drink straight vodka that you're hiding under the kitchen oh, sink. You still smell alcohol on vodka. I, I mean, think you so, still, too. You can smell the alcohol on somebody. See, yeah. I think so. I don't think you can hide a beer, which makes you wonder. And it's best to just probably never even think about what were they saying behind your back after that? <laughs> you know, they were such nice people. They weren't saying anything, I don't think. They, they, were, they were saying nothing. My ex-father-in-law, God rest his soul, I think is one of the few people I've... And he wasn't a perfect man, but he was a really good man. I never once in all of the years that I knew him heard him say something that was disparaging or mean about somebody else. It just was not something he did. How about the one sister, though? Because I, um, I have one in mind. How about her? Well, not there's the always one. one. Not yeah, the there's one always one. Who's right. God's yeah. co-captain? The yeah. other one. <laughs> yeah. There's o- there's always one in the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what? That's gone. Why even worry about it, right? That's completely That's gone. We That's don't need true. to be thinking about that anymore. We don't. No. Who cares That's what right. those people have to say? Well, I, mean, I think Oh, sure, should, you, you your know, nickname your nickname is Paps Blue Ribbon, but who cares what they have to you say? You know what you know what else is gone? Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> no, they're still <laughs> Are they still around? They're still around, yeah. There's just not as many of them, and they got rid of all oh. the Tiffany lamps. Oh, okay. Okay. I used to like those lamps. I thought they were very nice. <laughs> so anyway, a little Christmas memory right here. They never go away, baby. They never never go away. Number one, quality time with the family. Number two, time that's quality and Ruby Tuesdays. It's Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. I cannot believe this. It's another Bob and Sherry exclusive. I know you've asked yourself a thousand times. Gosh, how does a male wolf spider get lucky? Well, today is your lucky day, Bob and Sherry listeners, because you're about to have your chips blown. Male wolf spiders, when they are courting a lady, drop massive, elaborate, sick beats to win her over. And the more complex and sick the beats, the more likely the male spider is to get lucky. They use like this sort of, um, they scrape their appendages, they tap their legs, their little, their little tummies quiver, and they will drop this sound for like 45 minutes when they bump into a receptive female. And how do they know a, recept- a woman is, re- a lady spider is receptive? Well, when female wolf spiders are ready to mate, they um, produce some silk that is spider silk that is loaded with pheromones and they drop it. And the male spiders come by and they're like, mm, this lady's in the mood. And they will taste, the male spiders will taste that silk, that pheromone silk. And then they begin performing their elaborate spider beats, which the female feels rather than hears because, you know, spiders, spiders communicate with um, vibration not with ears the way we listen. So here's a sample of some mad, hot, and ready-to-go male wolf spider beats. This boy's got some skills. Oh, yeah. 
you can see how an insect would be attracted to that. I mean, this guy's going all out here. And check this out. A male wolf spider is more likely to be successful and breed and send his DNA into the future if he performs his mad sick beats for the heavier females, which are more likely to, to birth and raise a big, healthy cluster of baby spider spiders. Spider got back. Spider, male spider likes them thick, ladies and gentlemen. And <laughs> if they do not have a really complex, like, like interesting and varied kind of a beat, they will not mate. And that'll be the end. So you want to tell me the difference between like your average male wolf spider and your average dude who's a big Post Malone fan? Because it's the same, it's the same strategy. It's using music and the beat and the creativity to seduce and persuade a woman. Here's a little Post Malone. You want to hear the two of them together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) You have to ask? (laughs) Sorry. That's awesome. The spider's right on beat. And his and his uh, his rap name could be Dinky Dinky. He's so it, good. Itsy Bitsy. No I dude wants to be known dinky. as Itsy Bitsy. Yeah, yeah I understand. No, not Itsy Bitsy. No. But it, I was thinking, you know. Little, little Inky Dinky. That would be a great spider rapper name. That's very interesting. I, I Isn't that cool? And 45 minutes. This little spider, I mean, he's using yeah. his body to make these beats, right? This little spider right. is flat out getting it for 45 minutes. And then right. if the lady spider is receptive, then he's got to go ahead and mate. But you know, it all ends well because she tears off his head and eats it probably. I probably. don't know what happens after yeah, that. Probably is what's going to happen. After it ends. So there you go. Another Bob and Sherry exclusive on the dating scene. We're going to post this up on our Facebook. You can make it your ringtone. You, you know, this, this is why, whether it's a spider or a human being, this is why guys who play guitar get lucky. Mm-hmm. It's, yep. it's the same concept, right? They just, they know women like that. It's very, after you listen to it for a little bit, you're like, yeah, Yeah. little spider. Yup. And so they did, they did. I won't bore you with all the details, but they tested it and they found that only the males with really complex, interesting, varied beats had even the chance of mating or hooking up. So keep that in mind as we... As we head toward the weekend, it's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. So for our next segment here, I would like to go into the cone of safety. Oh, here we go. I am now in the cone of safety, and I cannot be criticized. Remember that. I'm remembering. So I was uh, on a website, and I came upon an article called 24 Things for People Who Know That Leopard Print is the Best Print. <laughs> I'm going to be very honest. I, I'm just going to be very it, honest it. here. I just think leopard print 
slutty? women's clothing. No, it's not slutty. Sleazy? No, Packy. it's the best. I love it. You it's, love it? it? For me, you have it such is a, the You have sexiest. such a cheap, dirty side to you. I like that about you. I said you. it could not be criticized. I'm not criticizing. That was a compliment. Oh, that was a compliment. Was that not a compliment? What did I say? You have a cheap, dirty side to you, and I like it. That's, right. That's a compliment. Look at this. Look at this little mini dress with little t-shirt dress. Yeah. T-shirt dress with leopard skin. There's just I don't know what it is about leopard skin. I just like it a lot. Oh. My wife. My wife has some leopard skin underwear. Very sexy. I apologize, Mary, for that TMI <laughs> that just went out into the microphone. <laughs> I'm not criticizing you, but I do want to correct you. Uh huh. It's leopard print. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Leopard. Yeah, well, people know that I would not have leopard skin. I, I know, but somebody's going to go. You know where you got that from? You filthy little ape. I'm going to tell you. You ready? Yep, tell him. When you were a lad, when you were small, Don't say. and you'd watch Wilma Flintstone and Betty Rubble oh, in God. their little leopard skin. Oh, oh, you got me. Oh, you got me. It's either that or you caught a glimpse of Shay Shay in her slip. Oh, no. Stop it. Stop it. You know what I think it was? It was like one of those uh, on TV, one of those uh, comedies with Rock Hudson and Doris Day. You know, maybe not Doris Day because she was the girl next door, but like a 60s sort of thing when leopard skin was really popular. Tell you where you got it. You got it in that iconic scene in The Graduate when Anne Bancroft seduces Dustin Hoffman. Because oh, yeah. Mrs. Robinson is wearing leopard print lingerie, if I do recall correctly. Is that right, Matt? I don't think so. I think it's black. No, I think it might be leopard print. No, I think it's black. Who's? Uh, Mrs. Robinson in the seduction scene in The Graduate. I think that's leopard print. You want to bet? How much? Well, considering that you've got your jollies on Betty Rubble. I didn't. I'm Betty Rubble. I'm just saying that it's a. There's something about. I'm not alone. That it's very popular. I. It's a classic. I love. It, it. is a classic. Yeah. I had a uh, a leopard print rug when I was in my bachelor phase, over it. At my. Uh, huh? She had Anne Bancroft did. I know there was some leopard print involved. In yeah, that. but the lingerie was black, right? Oh, ask the man who's vi- who's revisited it a thousand times it's in his head. Print. It's leopard. Yeah. The the lingerie was leopard? You're just saying that. I should have so taken that... your money. I'm showing, I'm looking at the picture. I should have taken your money. Send him the picture no, so he, he can show it to he me. He doesn't get to see it again. Nope, oh, I'm that sorry. is because it's a lie. Oh, that's it. You know what? Well, that's it. You're in trouble, mister. Ooh, slam. <laughs> I swear it's black. <laughs> Max you, you know, you know who's you. in the poster in that movie? It was Linda Gray's legs. Not Anne Bancroft. Oh, I read that one time. We, yeah. we, we talked to her, yeah. but we had her on the show. Yeah. We had her on the show. Yeah. She was talking about that. She was like 19. You know, not all men feel as you do. It's not my husband's favorite. Is that right? And you know what else he doesn't like? He doesn't like red lingerie. He doesn't? No, red is not. Even though he's a Georgia Bulldog, you would think yeah. he'd love black and red. What's he like, flannel? <laughs> no, he, he doesn't like things that are obvious. Oh, pardon me for like being the Fredericks of Hollywood thing. He doesn't like that. Oh, Fredericks of Hollywood. Like is real awful. obvious sexy lingerie. Look at her in the leopard print. I want a formal apology. Formally apologize. I want a formal one. Good one. Formally apologize. Good one. I think that was another scene. We're looking at the picture. Just formally apologize to I him. formally apologize. <laughs> but I don't have to because I'm in the uh, what am I in? The cone, the cone of, of safety. safety. You asked for the code! <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm dizzy in here. There's not enough air. <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Way to go, Sherry. Named again this year as one of the most influential women in radio. Here's Bob and Sherry. All right, so this is exciting, Bob. This is um, a way to tell if your second or third marriage will last. Okay. And when I told Max I wanted to do this, he just started laughing. He was like, so we're, we've moved past the first marriage. But this is That for, is interesting. This is for people who are on their second or third marriage. Which people who won't give up. People who believe. Yeah. People who exactly. believe. Exactly. So the statistics in the U.S. are kind of... Did you say second, third? Second or third or beyond. Or right? fourth even? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey, never say never. Yeah. The statistics are kind of scary. So if... um, Let me... I'll run it through. Um, 40 to 50, 41 to 50% of first marriages end in divorce, 60 to 67% of second marriages fail and 73 to 74% of third marriages fail. 73 to 74%. Yeah. That's pretty daunting. It's, right? it's horrible. Hey, I know a couple of people I hope better be on the straight right and narrow. So here's here's what's interesting. This is a, a relationship expert named Tracy Cox who said, these are some ways you can tell that the marriage you're on right now, be it your second, third, or fourth, right? Whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. and you know there's no judgment here. Mm-hmm. Um, here's some ways to tell it's going to last. So be, listen to these and let's be very honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay? Go ahead. Um, here's the first sign that your marriage is going to make it. Mm-hmm. You are not blaming your divorce on you choosing the wrong person. Because while sometimes it does come down to a bad choice, it's never just a bad choice. Even if you did choose the wrong person, you need to accept responsibility for the choices that you made. And you need to work on your unresolved past issues that led you to make those choices. Oh, God, that sounds so tiring. But it's it's true. It's so true. I mean, that was one I really had it, to. It does sound tiring, though, doesn't it? That's one I really had to wrestle and with. Then, and then and then you have that. to admit that that you uh, you were making mistakes that you were actually lazy about correcting. And I cannot ever apply this to Kevin because you see how close he and his fir- he his first wife and I are. We're yeah. like the same person. Hmm. So if I if I look at Kevin for making the wrong choices, I need to look in the mirror. So I will take full responsibility for I myself have made terrible choices in by, the past. By the way, um, never say that phrase again. No man wants to say my current wife is exactly the same as my previous wife. You know, when I mentioned that to him, he was non-functional for some time. I was going to say, time. do you see why? Like he was catatonic. You should run some stuff by me sometimes. I, I, you're here every you never day. T- I know. All day long. All we do is talk. <laughs> it's not like we're building something here. Let me make a note in your book that right. I should ask you more things before I go First, ahead. Right, stop talking. <clears throat> yeah, get me before. Yeah, before he's eating. Get why? Why before? before? No, I, I function better after I eat. But you're eating yeah, constantly you're eating all the time. I'm not eating. There's livestock the that doesn't graze. Can I like get back do. to the notes? <laughs> Herself <laughs> should ask me things before she opens pie hole. Okay. <laughs> Here's the next sign that your second, third, or fourth marriage is going to make it. You are not blaming everything that went wrong on your ex. You're you're owning your part of it. Mm. And you know what? We don't need to get into okay, the details, okay, but you and okay. I both know where we okay. went wrong and um, what we did wrong. I will own that part. 
it's a, in, in my opinion, a small part, but I will own that part. <laughs> that little piece of yes, it. Yes, that yeah. tiny little. You have to have the humility to acknowledge where you behaved badly or right. where you were controlling or where you were selfish or whatever whatever it was. You own that you made some choices. You own that you chose to react right. in some negative ways. Right. All right. Step number three, you know what went wrong. And I think that's critical. If you don't understand what went wrong in your in the marriage that failed, how can you avoid repeating that pattern? That's true. It's very true. And I, I know by your face that you're over here going, what went wrong? I must have been told, right? <laughs> Admit that that's you can't. What you you can't read yes, my I mind. Yes, no, I you can. can. <laughs> Your mind is like a flat screen TV with a crawl, like CNN, <laughs> and it's going over his forehead. What went wrong had nothing to do with me. What went wrong had nothing to do with me. What went wrong had nothing to do with. Me. Uh, um, uh, hey, that's not fake news. <laughs> <laughs> Next step. Here's how you know that second, third, or fourth, or fifth, or you know who are we to judge? Marriage is going to last. You've done some work on yourself. How did you behave in that marriage that failed? Did you like who you were? Have you learned anything from those previous failures? Are there some skills that you need to work on before trying again? Did you have problems with anger or jealousy? Did you hold, did you bottle stuff up inside and behave resentfully? Were you, um, were you moody? Were you aggressive? Have you learned and done some work on yourself? Where does codependency fit in there? That's something that you had to work on for yeah. yourself because codependency, and we've talked about this, codependency makes you think you're being a hero and a rescuer, right. but what you're actually doing is robbing people of their autonomy yeah. and power. You know, this would make some people uncomfortable if they're on uh, their third marriage. It does not make me uncomfortable because of something my wife said to me just the other day. Have you seen my goofy hat? It's like a Panama hat. Yeah, yeah. I wear it in the summer when yeah. I walk the dog or if I'm working uh, in the yard. Well, she hates that hat, and I don't wear it around her. But the other day, the sun was blistering. We're taking the dog out, and I put the hat on, and she just stared at me, and she said, you are so lucky I love you. (laughs) Because otherwise, that hat. hat. We've got some more signs that your second, third, fourth, or fifth, or dot, dot, dot marriage is going to go the distance and make it. When we come back, it's Bob and Shane. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. All right, we're talking about this relationship expert named Tracy Cox, and I don't know what her credentials are, but she's at least as qualified as your boozy friend from college, so let's give her that, <laughs> right? Ways to tell that the second, third, fourth, or whatever marriage you're on right now, this one's going to make it, even though the statistics are not good. Like 41 to 50% of first marriages fail, 60 to 67% of second marriages, 73 to 74% of third marriages end in divorce, but not you. Um, and here's, we'll, we'll run through the ones we've already done. You're not blaming your divorce on choosing the wrong person. You don't blame it all on your ex. You know what went wrong and you've done some work on yourself. Next step, you're not rushing into anything. Listen to what this relationship expert says. I'm going to read it. Quote, a monkey brancher is someone who swings from one branch to the next in relationships. Now, that's an interesting uh, visual, isn't it? They won't let go of the old one until they've grabbed onto the next. And this is bad news. Not only does it make it much harder to divorce amicably and reasonably, it can lead to trust issues with the second or third or fourth spouse. Even if you split before meeting the new person, take your time finding someone new. Rebound relationships are common in second marriages. It takes time to process what's wrong and and determine your part in it and work on it. 
Don't be a monkey brancher. I was a monkey brancher way back. <clears throat> I think a lot of us are. But not 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 yeah. to marry. I mean, we just met in a very natural, uh, relaxed way. You'd been on your own for a good long time. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wasn't saying I gotta have somebody in the house with me. I gotta be married. I gotta have a ring. I, I wasn't. It just it it just happened. Mine was he was on his own for like seven years. Yeah. Yeah. And he was so close to getting on that boat and sailing into the sunset. Literally. But you know what? He would not use sunscreen, and that would be bad for him. So you're welcome, Kevin. <laughs> Next up. <laughs> is, is that the best you've got? Today. Oh, today. I try to come up with okay. a new one every day. Right. Um, let's see. Here's another sign that your second, third, fourth, or fifth marriage is going to last. You were perfectly happy being single. And even after you met the person that you then married... You were perfectly happy to be single and in love with that person. You just, you know, getting married wasn't like you weren't like, oh, I'm going to marry this one. Right, right. You were, and this is true for you, by the way, you were, you guys were not going to get married at first. Yeah, that's true. You were perfectly happy to yeah. to keep going. Yeah, we're going to see were. each other. We're going to have uh, separate houses. <laughs> yeah. And then you were going to have a wing. Then I was going to have a wing. And... Yeah. You're lucky to get a wing and a yeah. chicken bucket from I KFC. Know. Yeah, thank All you. All right. Next up, you've talked through your expectations. Because we all have this map in our head of what marriage looks like and how things should be and who does what. But your personal map may not match up to the other person's personal yeah, map. Yeah, I think you do have to have that, especially if you're uh, going to have a blended family. Yeah, kids, parents, you know, how much, and money. How much, how much influence am I going to have over your kids? You know, in Mary's case, she said, you know, I'm going to raise them, you know, and they'll, they'll like having dinner with you and being around you. You know, if you see one of them trying to set the couch on fire, speak Mention right up. It, yeah. yeah. But otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm going to raise them, and that's worked out good. But you're not an overbearing man no even if she had not laid that down as the ground rules yeah you would not have been walking into the room cracking your belt and demanding that those kids step live no I mean, no you're just not that guy i just don't want to be remembered uh as their lives go on as being this horrible guy you you're not that kind of parent period no i'm not i, mean, I should have been a little stricter i think but uh i'm not well you're you're not an over you're not an overbearing man Anyone that would criticize you cannot have that criticism. I was I was talking with my thank you. I was talking with my daughters at Allie's wedding. My my daughter, if you're a new listener, just got married a couple of weeks ago, and the two of them were saying to Mary, "Oh yeah, well there were very few rules at our house. You know, we just kind of uh, did whatever we wanted to do." So I went over to the corner and said, <laughs> "The two of them are, are are complaining about too much freedom." From but, before. But you know what? That wasn't all you. It, it wasn't all me, no. That wasn't all uh, you. I understand. That was, Enough said. That wasn't all you. Enough said. <laughs> oh, that's right. The crawl is going across the front of his head again. Stop talking. Stop, stop talking. talking. Please stop talking. Stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. Here's Bob and Sherry. So we were just talking about life-saving winter hacks a moment ago. What were a couple of them that were uh, life-saving oh, for like people? You're you're less likely to fall on icy sidewalks if you walk like a penguin. And before you go shovel your driveway, don't drink any caffeine or smoke. Right. Yeah, which don't I smoke. Did not know. Yeah, so that's good. Let's keep this sort of helpful thing going right now. Okay. Um, you know, when you think of a road trip. What do you think of? It's summertime, summertime, right? But people go on road trips at different times of the year because different areas are warm, you know, 
in the wintertime. Now, the only thing about this is I've got four road trip tips, and I'm not so sure about them, and I'll tell you why in a second. I'm going to go through them very quickly, and then I'll tell you where the best road trips are for the winter. Here we go. The road trip tips. The road trip that's an average is three days long. You'll have a better time if you take a convertible. The most essential things to have in the car are snacks, phone chargers, and water. And finally, the best snacks are pretzels and chips, candy, and chocolate. Let me just say, going on a road trip, if you need some help picking snacks, you shouldn't be driving. Because you are a moron. Who needs help? Jeez, chips. I never thought of that on the road trip. Boy, I feel awkward with this Tupperware container of gravy. I know, exactly. (laughs) You should not be driving, okay? And that gets me now that if you are an intelligent person, here's where you may want to go. I'll go from 10 to 1. They did a top 10 list here. Uh, Number 10 is Glacier National Park in Montana. It might be a little chilly this time of the year. It's still very beautiful and they have skiing. Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. Just gorgeous year-round. Again, uh, skiing, it can be kind of cold. Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. In the wintertime. In the wintertime? I don't know. You've been there. I love Mount Rushmore. The road, yeah. I would wonder about some of the roads I getting up too. in there. But. Tahoe is a uh, Lake Tahoe, which I have never been to that part of California. I really want to go. And people love it. The skiing is amazing. Again, you want to go because you're a skier. Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, I have been there in the winter. And, it, and it's obviously not as hot as it is in the summer, so that's a good road trip. Uh, the Florida Keys. This, in my estimation, is number one. I think I agree with you. That is my number one wintertime road trip. One of my favorite things I've ever done, I've done it two or three times, is to get a car in Miami and drive to Key West because you are going over the um, Eight Mile Bridge. As a matter of fact, there's a song called The Eight Mile Bridge about how wonderful it is. From Canada to florida key west welcomes you from the golden state to the empire state key west welcomes you and then they talk about the eight mile uh bridge um i've never heard that song before well i heard I've... it i heard it on a jukebox in key west oh okay yeah uh then uh and it's just fantastic i mean it's like you're driving on the and the water is the color of aqua is it, is it the seven mile bridge I thought it was the eight-mile bridge. The seven-mile bridge, yeah. Is it the seven-mile bridge? Well, what's a mile between friends? I, that's why I wasn't going to Well, at you. least you weren't making it six miles. Yeah, that's right. That would, that be, would bad. be bad. Yeah. Because I'm... then you would go off the end of the uh, bridge, and you would be in the water, and you would drown. Uh, Niagara Falls, New York, this time of the year. I would love to see frozen Niagara Falls. I, I love yeah. that they said to get a convertible and go to these places. I'm not doing that, but well, I would like Key to West. go to Niagara Key Falls. Key West is the, the only one of these things right. that you've mentioned you can take a convertible in winter. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Um, Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming, Yosemite National Park in California. And the number one thing to do with a road trip, if you're not too far away, is the Grand Canyon in Arizona. Oh. Those are all great. And the Painted Desert. Yeah. Yeah. If you make the effort to get to the Grand Canyon, you must go to the Painted Desert. Yeah. I don't think I've been to the Painted Desert. The Painted Desert will bring you to your knees. I'm serious. It's a different experience than the Grand Canyon. It's not like it's a smaller Grand Canyon. It's not at all like that. But the Painted Desert. How painted is it? Painted. 
I'm, I'm telling you, it brings Because of you, the light or because of the sand? The, both. It's mm. the rock, it's the sand, it's the light, it's the vastness. It'll bring you to your... You will be on your knees in disbelief at how yeah. beautiful it is. Anyone that watched the um, El Camino movie on Netflix, the Breaking Bad movie... Oh, yeah, I saw a, that. A pivotal scene, um, the the burial scene, mm-hmm. it, that's the painted desert mm-hmm. that they shot that in. Just amazing. Yeah. When you were talking about um, road trip snacks, do you find that there are foods that you eat on the road but no other time? Like, when I'm on a road trip, Tabasco-flavored Cheez-Its... I never eat them. They're great. I don't know why. I only eat them on road trips. Double cheeseburgers with onion only. Yeah, but what's your convenience store stock up snacks? You don't do that, do you? Snacks? I I don't know what kind of snacks to get, Sherry. What should I get? A Tupperware container filled with gravy. It sounds messy. (laughs) Here is something that I will eat on the road, and that is corn nuts. You know what those... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why? And that is something that I normally just won't eat. Why is that your road snack? I wish I had an answer. Maybe from being a kid. Yeah, we ate them right. As a kid, and so I don't even the know they made them even now. They still make. Corn I wonder. Nuts? If, oh yeah. yeah. I wonder if everyone has like a snack they only eat on road trips. You walk by it otherwise at the gas station a million beef jerky. times. Beef jerky. Beef jerky. I oh, bet yeah, for a lot of people. When I was younger yeah. and 7-Eleven wasn't in every city, you know, when we would start coming east, as soon as we'd hit that first 7-Eleven, we would pull over because I'd have to have a swim. I'm like, oh, yeah. I have to have it. And then I would get there and the cherry Slurpee machine would be broken. It's always broken. Because I don't want a Coke Slurpee. I right. want a cherry Slurpee. You know right. what? I'm not having a Coke. You cannot make me drink that. You know what um, 7-Eleven has for you now that it didn't when we were kids? Those bags of spicy hot pickle slices, yeah. which go great with a cherry Slurpee. Yeah, that's true. Plus, well, it's good for you. Healthy. Just, yeah. Who doesn't need a little bit of extra salt while they're on the You're road? You're driving off of a bridge and going to drown anyway. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Fun Size. Fun Size. On the free Bob and Sherry app. So I have this story about what happened to a snowplow driver. They haven't identified the guy. And I was going to put it in morons in the news. But the more I read it, the more I thought to myself, you know, when you were younger, and looking for any kind of work whatsoever, this probably would have happened to you. Because I used to go apply for things where I had absolutely no experience. And I would say that I but was good But you had gumption. It. I had gumption. And that's good. Uh, not all the time. Not all the time. Like I applied for a radio job. I was like 19. And it was in one of these adult radio stations playing like really older person's music. Yeah. And I just, I had hair down in my shoulders, you know, and I looked about 14 and the guy asked me, so do you like Henry Mancini music? I was going to ask yeah. you, my aunt used to listen to a station in Philly. It was uh-huh. just beautiful music. That's what this station was. And it was, yeah. and they were always, every time I was in the car with her, she would crank it up and the DJ would say, that's such and such by the great Henry Mancini. And the great Henry Mancini was great, but I was like, you know, 19. And so the guy asked me and I said, oh yeah, man. <laughs> I can't get I can't get enough of Henry Mancini. Let me tell you what. Yeah, long hair. I mean, look like a hippie, right? So um, this is what happened to this guy. And if I applied for the job, it would have happened to me too. The city of Lincoln, Nebraska, got about seven inches of snow just a few days ago. That's a lot of snow, seven inches. And now, and they've had snow too, right? So it's more and more. It's above average. What are you laughing at? Really. I mean, no, really. I'm not going to say 
that's what she said. I'm not going to say it. You know what? You, you, you should be ashamed of yourself, honestly. Oh, I've done worse in the past five or six days. Yeah, that's probably true, yeah. Anyway, so they got all this snow, and now they're investigating how a snowplow driver took out 30 blocks worth of mailboxes in one day. Not 30 mailboxes, 30 blocks worth of mailboxes. So you think it was somebody like you, a a person with gumption but no skill? Yeah, I think that the guy said... um, yeah. It looks I, like, like a fun to, job, too, I'd like to, it? Uh, yeah, driving a snowplow, heck yeah. You know, it's just, there are so many guys in places like that that have snowplows. Like in Maine, every if you don't have a cousin who's a snowplow guy, you, you don't have a cousin, right? You would think in, in, in Lincoln, Nebraska, it'd be the same thing. Anyway, that's what would happen to me. And I would, and he was oblivious to all, because there was so much snow, it was he up so high. He didn't hear no. the crunching, crashing Every, sound? I guess not. It no, must 30 be really blocks. loud. But in some of those big, like, monster plows, yeah, I bet yeah. it's loud inside that I bet cab. it is, yeah. So what do you think on a block? There's probably, what, four anyway, right? What three, block are you on? Way more than that, yeah. Really? So it could be hundreds. and Hundred, this, It could be hundreds, And yeah. the city, um, if they're negligent, I'm getting the feeling they're going to try to say they're not. Uh, would have to pay for all of those mailboxes. You're talking about you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, probably, right? Well, insurance. Thirty blocks. 30, like a good American, yeah. I'll say. What about insurance? <laughs> I told you when I was <clears throat> when I was little. I must let's see, fourth grade. How old are you in fourth grade? Like nine. Yeah. I was playing outside. We lived in, we lived in, uh, um, Star Valley in Wyoming, and we lived in a rented house like a rented farmhouse mm-hmm. in the exact middle of absolutely nowhere along the one road that ran east west through the valley right and so i'm outside playing in the snow and i'm playing and i'm building i've got my barbies out there and i'm building snow tunnels for my barbies and i don't hear or realize that the snow plow is coming and also because i'm nine I don't really understand what it means that the snowplow is coming. Mm-hmm. And we routinely had six or seven feet of packed snow. Right. You'd walk on top of the snowpack. Right, right, right. So this was not like a sprinkling. We had like absolute mountains of snow. The snowplow came along and when it when it drove past me, it buried me <gasps> under the snow. And my mother just happened to be walking past the window with her Agatha Christie novel, her cup of tea, and her murderous intention to have my father done away with, <laughs> glanced outside and saw and my saw my buried. little tiny nine-year-old self oh, get no. absolutely buried in the snow. She came running out, no coat, no shoes. You never told me this. And had to dig me out of the snowbank with her hands. And I will tell you, it was there was nothing fun about it. The weight of the snow, mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. It was mm-hmm. terrifying. I would have, something awful would have happened if every, my mom hadn't seen Every that. year, you hear about somebody who was buried in the snow. It's no you know, joke, like an kids. elderly person that fell down and, you know, one of these plows came by. Kids, if you're listening to us and you live in a snowy place and you see the snow plow coming, get away from it. Yeah, Because that right. is not a game. Yeah, that's right. So I don't know what's going to happen to that guy. He's probably going to get fired. Good luck to him. But maybe there's a radio station in (laughs) town. He can find his true calling. Bob and Sherry. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. See you some other time. You've been listening to the best of Bob and Sherry. 
Be sure to check out our website, bobandsherry.com. Download our free app, too. Get the oddcast, the podcast, and Bob and Sherry fun size instantly. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.